It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton, going to be joined by co-host Wes Goldberg in just a minute. Dubs are taking on the Chicago Bulls tonight, which is a winnable matchup for the Dubs, but we've seen them lose some winnable matchups recently, so don't hold your breath. Also going to talk about some roster fluctuation that could be on the horizon and why Kai Bowman might be sacrificed some minutes just in the short term moving forward. All that's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day you are locked on warriors your daily golden state warriors podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day what up everybody welcome into locked on warriors i am your host charles t hamilton what's good hope you're all ready for a nice weekend and we're going to kick it off with a game between the Dubs and the Bulls. I know the, the barn burner everyone's been waiting for. Uh, should be a good one, though. Two teams that match up well and a potential win for the Warriors. But, uh, you know, they've, they've lost some winnable games recently as well. And then we also want to talk about the roster a little bit and just who who's going to fit with this team when they're at full strength and who might not fit. But first, want to bring in my man, co-host Wes Goldberg, who is in Chicago. Uh, I guess we should start with where we usually start with is the injury updates because <laughs> there's still a number of injured players, even though they did have 11 active players for the first time in a long time. Uh, any, yeah. any word on Jacob Evans and, and some of the other uh, walking, walking wounded? Jacob Evans will probably be back Monday for their home game against the Grizzlies. Uh, which is a little unfortunate because, you know, yeah, this week they got they went from nine players to 11 players. You get Kavon back, you get D'Angelo back against Charlotte. And then uh, I think they expected to get Jacob Evans back by the end of this trip in tonight's game against Chicago. It's the last game of this five-game trip. Uh, and Jacob Evans has been with the team the whole time, so they definitely expected that to be the case. Um, but he's just – I guess he's just uh, not quite there yet. He was, he was like the last guy on the floor during the shoot-around. Friday morning, so he's getting up shots. He looks to be in better spirits. He's like around, joking around and doing stuff, but uh, he won't actually play until Monday. And do you think he's going to walk into a, a role immediately? I mean, it, yeah. it would make sense because, you know, this team, but uh, you, you don't think there will be any hesitation to throw him in there? It wouldn't shock me if he started, you know, the first <laughs> game back, to be honest. Um just I you know I was talking with Steve this morning actually Steve Kerr this morning and about this idea of okay how do you mix and match rotations while also trying to find some consistency and his answer basically was um, I, I just got to keep mixing and matching until we sort of stumble onto something that works until and then until this team gets healthy and I think when you see Jacob Evans get back he was playing so well when he went down um, and he provides something that this team needs and just like a steady perimeter defender like I don't think he's a great perimeter defender by any means but he's at least 
an improvement versus a lot of the kind of players that they have right now. When you look at guys like Alex Burks and Jordan Poole and stuff, like Jacob Evans is better than those guys defensively. And I think they really need that, especially at the point of attack. So it wouldn't surprise me if you saw him even like picking up opposing point guards, um, you know, taking a little bit off of D'Angelo Russell's plate in that regard. I think that there's sort of a, a ripple effect that could be, you know, pretty widespread just by having him in there, just by having a plus defender in there versus what they've had so far. So I think he'll step into immediate, like I know he's going to step into immediate playing time. And again, it wouldn't shock me if he started. And I mean, even Kai Bowman, who we love his, his, you know, tenacity and everything. He's, he's still got his limitations defensively. So yeah, it'll be nice to have Jacob Evans back who, like you said, he's not clay Thompson, but he's at least a steady hand defensively. Uh, Alan Smiley Gage, we know is playing in the G league right now. Uh, has there been mm-hmm. any update on, on Damian Lee or uh, I think is, are they down to one injured player? Who else? I mean, I know. I think so least least shorter. Yeah. <laughs> um, Damian Lee was putting up shots today with uh, that, that right hand situation, but he is, he's, he's putting, he was shooting a little bit um, this morning. He's going to be shooting a lot more next week and they'll evaluate him then. But that's really, that's the, that's kind of been Damian Lee's whole thing is conditioning wise. He's fine. He's in the weight room. Uh, you see him on like the exercise bikes all the time during games, during shoot arounds and practices. So he's staying in shape so that basically once he's able to start shooting again with that right hand, uh, he'll he'll just be able to kind of hit the floor running uh, and get going. And I expect that to be the, he's played pretty well too when, when he got hurt. I think they're going to miss his, yeah. length. They, they have missed his length, uh, especially on defense, but also, you know, he's got like, an interesting shot-making ability that, other than maybe Alec Burks, doesn't really exist on the roster, other than D'Angelo Russell, obviously. I mean, but I mean more from like the role players. Um, mm-hmm. So I think he's going to play right away too when he comes back. Uh, but it will be interesting to see who on this team starts losing minutes because it's not going to be just Jordan Poole, right? Like Steve Kerr said, he's like, we're going to have 12 guys, and I'm only playing, I'm playing nine or ten of them. So. Uh, you know, that's one of them is probably going to be Jordan Poole. I don't know who the other one's going to be. I would imagine, and regardless of how much we like him, I think it'll be Kai Bowman uh, partially to manage his time with the team until they have a, a permanent resolution, you know, until they can fully put him on the 15-man the roster. I would imagine it would be Kai Bowman, and he might spend some time in the G League. But, I, I mean, I think again, I, I think I, we both think we've seen enough that he deserves a roster spot, right? Yeah, that's kind of part of it too, right? Like, yeah, we all know he deserves a roster spot, so there's not really much more that you got to see. Other than if you want to get him out there because you want to continue the development, right? But um, they are really looking at him. I mean, he's over 30 days now in the NBA. You're only allowed 45. Like, it's it, – he he had to sit out of practice the other day, and it was like – it was crushing him because, like, the entire team was practicing an extra long practice, and he couldn't – he just literally just sat in the hallway, couldn't do anything. Um and so, like, they have to manage his time that way. And they're, they've they got to really, you know, when it's, you know, 15 days, 20 days, you can kind of just say that's future Warriors problem. But now it's, like, kind of current <laughs> Warriors problem. Um, so I think, like, a lot of listeners are like, no, you're not going to bench Kai Bowen. But, like, I think you're right. I think they, they really could look at maybe sitting Kai Bowen for some of these for some of these games. Uh, maybe, maybe you send him to the G League. You know, I know, like, they've got – it's been a pretty brutal – Played a road games lately, but they've got a home stretch coming up. You know, maybe he's with the team for the home stretch, but they're they're going to be gone a couple times. They got like little one off trips in Portland and Utah and stuff like that. Like maybe you just leave Kai Bowman home, send him to Santa Cruz for those road trips, um, and then you manage it that way. 
Speaking of the road trip, they do finish off uh, this another brutal road. Like it feels like they've had, uh, which I think statistically they have, like the most road games out of everyone in the NBA to start the yeah. season. And I know it's a nice long home stretch coming up. I mean, that's the nice part. You play 41 away, you play 41 at home. But it's been pretty brutal for them. So taking on Chicago tonight, I want to talk to you about that matchup and how the Warriors might, I don't know, either be locked in or be ready to just call the road trip uh, uh, over and, and keep it moving. And we're going to do that in uh, just one minute. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Microsoft Surface and Teams. At CDW, we get the future of remote meetings works differently. Oh, going right from launch directly into a meeting, that could be awkward. But with Microsoft Surface devices with Teams orchestrated by CDW, the future works better. Touchscreen voice capabilities keep Teams engaged and productive, enabling you to always collaborate with confidence. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining. You have a spinach in your teeth. Thanks for the tip, man. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash surface. West Dubs are taking on the Bulls tonight, which should be a pretty solid matchup for them, a winnable matchup. Uh, But it is the fifth game in a five-game road trip, and... I, you know, it's hard to talk about motivation, et cetera, but do you think this team will be motivated to try and get a win at the end of this road trip or might just be exhausted from five different games on the road? I mean, you can speak to it. You've been following them the whole time. Are you exhausted right now uh, from a yeah, five-game I'm, road trip? I'm going to be a no-show tonight. I'm exhausted. Uh, but, <laughs> a DNP. Uh, a DNP. Uh, no, I think uh, – it's telling that the last time the Warriors won a game was against the Chicago Bulls. That was the last one they had was against this team. And they've watched the film on that game. I think that is going to give them a little bit of confidence heading into uh, Friday night, just saying, like, look, we beat this team. It's one of the few teams we've beat this season. We can do this. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's in Chicago versus in San Francisco. Like, the same team, we could beat them. I think there's a little bit of that happening. Uh, not saying they're going to win. I know I guaranteed a win against Charlotte. I was completely wrong. Um, so I'm not going to go down that road again, but uh, I I do think that this team really they need a win pretty bad. They do need a morale boosting win. I, I think that it's slipping a little bit. We saw that against Atlanta. We saw that against Charlotte. Like the, this this team that prided itself on playing all 48 minutes and blah blah blah, like just not giving up, etc. Gave up. Like they just weren't very good against Atlanta or Charlotte. I you know. I don't think those teams are necessarily that much better than the Warriors and how much they beat them by. So um, tonight is a really good opportunity to try to get back to things, considering that they know that they could beat that team because they've done it before. Um, But I also think that they are excited to get this thing over with. Yeah, definitely. I wonder about taking on a team like Chicago where you do match up well and the, you know, young teams are better at home. Like we've seen the Warriors play better at home. But now that the Warriors are getting guys back like D'Angelo Russell, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, 
and they're on limits or minute uh, minute restrictions. I do understand that, but like these vets can kind of help them play better on the road, hopefully. And you know, we kind of saw short stretches of that against Charlotte, but then of course Charlotte was able to uh, stretch the lead and you know wrap that thing up. But I'm wondering, when do you think we'll see the minutes limits for guys like Looney and D'Angelo Russell kind of expand a little bit and you know maybe help them pick up some road wins eventually? Yeah, it's it's funny you you left out Draymond Green there too because I don't know that it's ever going to happen this season. I think yeah, that's exactly that's what's <laughs> yeah exactly. So uh, with D'Angelo, I think it'll be uh, probably within the week you'll see him get back to his normal minutes. Uh, but with Kevon Looney, man, I really don't know because this is mm-hmm. like a like again this is a neuropathic condition that he's not had to deal with before in this kind of way. Um, he looked really like in these last two games. He's looked really rusty, really slow, really out of out of shape. Um, and it's not it's not his fault. But there's nothing you can do about it. But it's going to take a minute for him to give it. And this isn't a guy that like is supposed that ever was comfortable playing like 30 plus minutes per game. So if you can get him to like 23, 24 minutes a game, and you can even mirror his minutes with like Draymond Green, for example, and kind of base the substitution pattern that way. But uh, that's probably where you're going to end up. And I don't think I think we're but we're, we're at least like, I mean, he said, he said he thinks they could just, he said like four or five games, he'll be there. So we're looking at maybe, I don't know, another week probably, yeah. um, but it could be even two weeks. It wouldn't shock me. So the scary thing about the Chicago team is even though they're young and inconsistent is they they do have some uh, offensive firepower. They can, you know, go for 150, uh, especially against a, a defensive team like the Warriors and, that's kind of just the question mark for tonight. Like, what teams show up? Does Chicago come out? Does Laurie Marketing go for 30, or is he inefficient like he's kind of been to start the year? And do the Warriors come out and actually defend, or are they just over it? It's hard to tell with this team. It honestly is, at least for me. I know you're you're closer to the fire, and, you know, maybe you have a better read on it. But for me, it's just hard to tell night to night what, what team you're going to get. Yeah, again, like, the, the losses keep piling up, and it's just – there is a sense of, you know, they get down by 10 early and it's just like, well, here we go again, right? And that's that's the exact thing that if you're Steve Kerr and you're the veterans on this team that you want to, you know, fight against. So I think more so than anything, like you've got a guy like Draymond Green who could be out there and just keep them engaged. D'Angelo Russell who could just go out there and make up that 10-point deficit on his own within like a three-minute stretch mm-hmm. is going to help. And that's, I think, what this team has lacked a lot is just like that <laughs> – that not named Alec Burke scorer who can just go get it done for you. Um, and I, if, if you can get that from a guy like D'Angelo Russell, I think it really helps things. It just gives these young players who don't really know exactly what they're doing, just some sort of stabilizing force offensively that, you know, at the end of the day, we just give it to him. He'll run a high pick and roll and bail us out. And I think that's going to help them. It was really refreshing to see D'Angelo Russell back and just see that level of, offensive firepower and just how damn good he is after you know not seeing him for nine games and it, like you said just relying on Alec Burks the whole time uh just his just a nice reminder of how damn good D'Angelo Russell is and uh hopefully he'll round into shape over the next couple games so they got Chicago tonight and then two very winnable games at home especially considering uh the Warriors play so much better at home they got Memphis in New York coming up after that so so three winnable games in a row. I mean, technically five if you counted Atlanta and Charlotte, but they lost both of those. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But 
taking on the Bulls tonight. I had some questions about the roster, uh, kind of pertaining to what we were talking about earlier that I wanted to ask you, Wes. And I'm going to do that in just a minute. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you bet $2,000, you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Once again, that is promo code LOCKEDONNBA to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today, and that is promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A. You play, you win, you get paid. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Wes, we were talking about the roster earlier and where people are going to be losing minutes and with people coming back, you know, whether Kai Bowman will be uh, somewhat sacrificed until they can come up with a resolution to his two-way contract, et cetera. And one of the names that we've talked about all year is a guy named Marquise Chris, who even though it's, you know, the worst record in the league, it's kind of a cool story that he was able to latch on to this roster uh, so far on a non-guaranteed contract. So technically they could cut him at any time, give him the roster spot to someone else. But in my opinion, he's played pretty damn well and good enough that he, that wouldn't be my first option to cut Marquise Chris. But at the same time, this is what the question I wanted to ask you. And I I wish there was a uh, nicer way to state it. But is there anyone on the team that you see as, I, I think it's Shaq who says it, as quote-unquote a looter in a riot where hmm. they're playing well and the stats look good just because in a 48-minute game someone has to get stats, someone has to get buckets, someone has to you know, actually play those minutes. Where I think Marquise Chris has played well and you know, could potentially see him stick with this team. Is that just the fact that he's getting the opportunity or is he playing well? Is there anyone else you see on the team also that is, you know, might not be as good once the team's at full strength, once their roles are diminished a little bit? I, I actually think, um, and it's a good question, but I think the what you're seeing is the players who are going to stick around are sort of the ones who kind of have have risen up 
to the occasion and doing things. I mean, if you look at guys like, you know, Willie Cauley-Stein, who I think everybody would agree has been a kind of a disappointment so far, at least from a production standpoint, like the, the biggest thing he adds is just a seven foot body between, you know, the rim and the opponent. And that's valuable. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't mean to be facetious, but um, you know, if you consider where, you know, the Warriors are going to be getting players back, the fact that Marquise Chris has been pretty good, that Amari Spellman's played some center for them and played pretty well. Um, you get Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, all these guys back. Like, maybe there isn't a spot for Willie Cauley Stein, or maybe there is, and it's only 10 minutes a game. Um, he plays, like, the first five minutes of each half, and then he's done. I don't know. But, um, you know, I think a guy like Alec Burks is that guy. He is sort of like the, the empty stats guy on the team. I don't know that Alec Burks has actually helped them to a win this season. I think he's been really good for them. I think he's been impressive um, and valuable. And I think because of that, he's going to probably get, I would imagine, get traded before the trade deadline. I would be shocked if he weren't, actually, just because it makes so much sense on paper. But um, as far as these other guys, like, I really, like, I've been impressed with, like, I mean, you nailed it with Marquise Chris. And, and it's not even the production thing, but it's the skill set that you have to project forward, right? His passing ability, he's got a natural feel for the game. He sets really good screens. All of that's going to be really valuable playing next to guys like Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson. You look at a guy like Omari Spellman. I mean, they, they make the, uh, the most spades comparison all the time internally with him, and it's a good one. But I think what he gives you that spades didn't is actual other things than shooting. Like, he's a pretty good – like, he's developing as a defender. He's a really great offensive rebounder. Um, he's, he's got, like, this high-energy kind of bouncy kind of playing style that I think is really going to fit in with a team with a bunch of superstars where he's the guy, like, diving – he's, like, doing all the hard stuff. He's diving on the floor, kind of doing all the hustle plays. Um, to me, those two guys make a lot of sense for this team going forward, if, especially just given that the fact that Steve Kerr likes to facilitate offense through his bigs. Um, I think they've both carved out a role for them in the future. Yeah, agreed. I, I that that's the toughest part with Marquise Chris for me is just I, I do see it, but I just I, I think it's his history of being you know a top ten pick that you know kind of flamed out uh, for me to to really trust him. But I like what I've seen. Absolutely, he he also can kind of fit that role of what they wanted Jordan Bell to be, where he can yeah defend on the perimeter a little bit. You know, he's not going to be shutting anyone down, but his athleticism, he has the ability to at least get switched on to a, 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 a you know, a, a guard or a, or a wing where with, even though this is what Willie Cauley-Stein was projected to be, uh, I do not want him switched out ever. <laughs> uh, so well, I, he's, I he's agree. He's been attacked I, several times that way, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And, like, I see a guy like Pascal. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not, you know, when I said looter in a riot, I think he'll be just fine. I just don't think he's going to be scoring 17 points because he's not going to be playing, you know, 30 plus minutes a game once the team's at full strength. But once his minutes get cut down, he's still giving you 10 off the bench. Like that is still going to be damn good. Uh, it's well, it's more of the Alec Burks, like you mentioned. Like, I think that was a great example. I, the, the, the question I keep going back to is Pascal. I think the obvious role for him to fill is the Andre Iguodala super sub, six man, he comes in, he gives you all this versatility from the lineup's perspective. But the more I think about it, I, I, I think we're almost, we're plugging them into this small ball four type of role because of the similarities with Draymond Green, which I don't really think their games are very similar at all. I just think right. we see them both as like undersized forwards, but they don't play at all, like at all. They're just like, they're both stocky dudes. And that's, that's kind of where the, it's a lazy comparison, to be honest. And <laughs> it's not one that's just us, but it's one that the, the Warriors have made, too. And I think that's why they like Eric Pascal so much. 
So I think there are similarities there, but his game, I mean, because he's been so surprising and he has been surprising, even to the Warriors, I think everybody has to kind of reevaluate that comparison, just exactly what Pascal's role in the team is. Because again, you can kind of get into this lazy state of being like, oh, he's just going to be our small ball four. He'll be the Draymond Green backup. Like whenever Draymond's done on the floor, Pascal will be on the floor. And that's an easy sub- substitution pattern to get, just fall into. But what if he's a three? Because he's six six, he's really big, but he's super athletic. The dude, the dude was dunking when he was twelve years old. Um, he's an isolation scorer. He can pass the ball. He's switchable defensively enough where you could play him at the three and not worry about it. Uh, he might even be better suited to just push those kinds of guys around and then just kind of get switched on to bigs every once in a while on a switch heavy scheme, which we anticipate the Warriors eventually getting back to. Is he? He might be a small forward. And if that's the case, then you've got Draymond at the four, Pascal at three, and you, you know whoever your center wants to be, you can have you as your center. And then your your backcourt then is Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson. Now the obvious name I just left out is D'Angelo Russell. We'll see if he's still around. But it just so mm-hmm. I, I do ultimately think they bring Pascal off the bench because he is so versatile and there's value in having a super sub like that coming off the bench. And if you have Steph, D'Angelo, and Clay in your backcourt, that's still a pretty good backcourt, but it is a little vulnerable defensively. Clay Thompson would be sliding up a position that where you typically want him at shooting guard. Like defensively, it might make more sense to have Pascal in there as a starter and then figure out what you do with D'Angelo Russell or whatever. But, um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just thinking out loud right now, but it, it, this is no. sort of the thought process I've been going through. And I think it's one that the Warriors have to go through if they haven't already started. It's funny because I was actually thinking the like exact same thing earlier today is, are we sure Pascal's a power forward? I mean, yes, he can play it, but are we sure he's not a three, especially considering the lack of true small forwards in today's game and in the draft class and in the free agency class to where just is by default your small forward. And uh, I'm glad you said it first because I was I was too afraid to bring it up. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but no, I think you know, like, when you look at the situation, there just might not be anyone else out there. And it, and it makes it to it, it makes it where maybe D'Angelo Russell is a little bit more expendable, right? Where you say, you know what, mm-hmm. Pascal, we think is a building block. Let's go ahead and trade D'Angelo Russell for another a front court player or center or whoever they think they're missing. Um, or just depth, you know, you could always go that route, which yeah. I'm not a fan of, but you could do it that way. Um, and then now you've got a pretty solid starting lineup. I mean, it was pretty telling to me that, and by the way, the point you made about like, there's not a lot of wings in this draft where you've got one right now in Pascal. That's like, that has to factor into the calculus. Um, Pascal, to, like you ask Pascal, like the guys that he watches and the guys who he tries to, you know, uh, um, imitate and it's not front court players it's perimeter guys I mean he he was telling me the other day he watches film and I wrote about this the other day but he, he watches film of Kawhi Leonard specifically about how Kawhi uses his strength to get to the rim and draw fouls and get extra points and be a little bit more productive that way and that might be like I'm not I'm not going to go so far as to compare Eric Pascal to Kawhi Leonard as mm-hmm. just like a straightaway comparison but like style of play it's not like offensively, it's not that far from what, like just aesthetically looking, what Kawhi does. Like Kawhi likes to use his shoulders and burrow to the paint, and and, and he's an isolation type of scorer. 
you know, early on in his career, he was an inconsistent three-point shooter, just like Pascal is. But the touch, the rotation on the ball, it's all there. And I think that that three-point shot is going to come for Pascal. I'm pretty confident in saying that. Um, you look at his free throw percentages, and they're great. Like that, te- that tends yeah. to trend that way. So it, you can play him at the three. But the other thing about Kawhi is he, he's long enough and strong enough where you can play him down at the four in small ball situations. I think the Warriors could keep that as an option. But as a starter, as his prime position, he's a three. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing to just keep an eye on throughout the year. We talked about development, but it's just as important for a guy like Pascal who's been playing great. You know, how does he develop to the point where they might make that decision that he could be their small forward moving forward? Uh, I just said forward a lot. We're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, Check out the Warriors and Bulls tonight. We'll be back on Monday. And we're going to start maybe looking towards the future a little bit. Talk about, you know, what the Warriors... uh, best options might be this offseason etc we don't want to get too far into it but the bottom line is it's it's prevalent it's there and that's kind of the whole point of this season is getting ready for next season so we're definitely going to start talking about that a little bit uh in the coming days coming weeks uh thank you guys so much for listening to locked on warriors on the locked on podcast network your team every day you are locked on warriors your daily podcast on the golden state warriors part of the locked on podcast network Your team, every day. Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked on Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked on Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.